Awesome. Yeah, that was trip to Ecuador. We did, well, we, I wasn't there, but our faith family did um, in, I think it was July. And so we're going to do another one in July. So if you're interested in going on a short-term missions experience, um, I think they leave on Sunday and they get back the next Sunday. So it's just one week um, of work. And uh, we get to partner with kids around the world who we have a great relationship with and, um, and we're focusing on the area of Ecuador. And uh, man, you, you get to see how God's working in different parts of the world and meet uh, people who are followers of Jesus and, uh, and how that looks in their context and we get to come alongside them and encourage them. So uh, if you're interested, you can talk to Zach uh, right after the gathering. He'll be out at a station and um, let him know if you're interested. All right, today we're starting um, a Christmas series, and it's not Easter or Thanksgiving yet. Easter yet. It's not Easter yet. <laughs> um, Thanksgiving is this week, but um, we, we wanted to get ahead of things a little bit, and uh, so we're going to do a series and just kind of help prepare us, because we're, we're celebrating the Prince of Peace this Christmas, and this Christmas, just like just about every other Christmas, Peace is a hard thing to have during the Christmas season because everything seems to get ramped up and the demand on you gets ramped up. And one thing that's true about our life and about this time of year, if we're going to experience any peace, then we have to have um, our life be able to come in below our capacity. All right, and that's a hard thing because, oh, I want to be, I want to, you know, be maximized to reach my potential. Well, in order to do that, you need to have margin in your life. Because um, if we fill up our calendars, we fill up our maximum amount of energy or <coughs> um, gifts and abilities to the max, and we think, oh man, I'm living life you know, to the fullest. Well, no, because if this is your capacity and then this is your schedule, well, you know, things happen in life. And so this is actually going to be your reality up here. And so if you say, okay, I'm going to plan life to be here, and I know my capacity is here, you're not undershooting because this is going to get filled up. You know, um, things happen in life, unexpected things. And so um, we need to be able to look at our life and have some white space in it in lots of areas of our life. Now, the reason we're starting today on a Christmas series is because if we want to have peace, then we need to be thinking about it before Friday. Friday, you know what Friday is? Black Friday. It's because we all go in mourning after we get through the morning of Black Friday. Because, you know, it's, it's, can we have peace through Christmas, even with our creditors? And that's what we're going to talk about today, is we are going, I mean, billions of dollars are spent every year on convincing you that you deserve and need and can have what you can't afford. And millions of dollars are spent every year on saying the way you express love is by going into debt. And it's not very subtle. Just a hundred, just, you know, just a thousand and forty-nine easy payments. And this too can be yours. And let me tell you, when you do that, none of those payments are easy. 
None of them are. And so, you know, billions of dollars are spent spent on you, convincing you that uh, just charge it. It's painless, it's easy. You can have, you can give what you can't afford. And um, I'm gonna give you 30 minutes to try to convince you otherwise. And so it's, it's a big task. But um, here's the deal. Well, and the fact that we're talking about this, you know what's gonna happen tomorrow? You're gonna get the mail. You're gonna open the mail. And it's gonna give you hope for Friday. Maybe I can afford these things. All they're asking of me is my signature. I can write my name. And if I write my name, I have access to now, you know, 2,000, 3,000, 5,000 more dollars than I did if I don't sign my signature. This is gonna be awesome. And the truth is, that's a total lie. It's a total trap. And you're gonna be placed in bondage. You're gonna be placed in jail. And, and here's the deal as a follower of Jesus, ultimately, we will not have the freedom to run into what God wants us to run into when we're in debt. We're limited. We have, we have um, restraints placed on us that we wouldn't have if we weren't living in debt. And so maybe you don't have debt. And if that's the truth, stay there, okay? Don't be tempted during this Christmas. And maybe you do have debt and you're thinking, um, yeah, because of last Christmas. Well, don't add to it, all right? And so we're gonna look at some wisdom from God in the Bible regarding our finances, all right? And we're gonna be a lot in the book of Proverbs but um, to start off, and by the way, all these people who are sending you credit card, you know, hey, congratulations, you qualify. They don't even know if you have a job. Okay, they don't know if you have five credit cards. They don't know any of that stuff. They don't know anything about you other than, hey, we think we can get money out of them. You, you are a number in a system of compounding interest that is paying them their business a gazillion dollars. And, and they don't care about you. God cares about you. And he has principles for us to follow in how we handle our money. And uh, man, if you want to experience the Prince of Peace this year, then uh, let, let's follow some of his guidelines for how do we flourish in this life? What does the God who made us say, this is what's best for you. This is the best way to live. This is how you are built to flourish. And so what does he say? So we're gonna start off with part of the Christmas story here, Matthew chapter two, because I just wanna give you a brief glimpse that um, you know, overspending is not a new idea. It's something that's existed as long as, as long as human beings have been selfish and we can be greedy and we can want and not be satisfied and think that things can deliver value to our life. Things can deliver meaning and purpose to our life. And, um, and, though, and that is a lie. Now, I don't want you to think that gifts are bad. Okay, Bill's telling me if we, if we spend money on gifts, then um, we, are, we are being sucked into an evil empire. No, not saying that. But get gifts you can afford, and you know you can afford. Okay? And um, we buy into this lie, you know, I'm gonna spend a lot more money this year than I can afford because my kids are worth it. You know, my kids, I love them so much, so much I'm going to be stupid. <laughs> and I'm gonna to model to them how to handle your money in a stupid way. 
You know, I mean, that, that, it makes no sense. And yet we start getting sucked into this idea that, you know, this gift means I love my kids and I can't afford it, but I love them that much. And it's like, no, no, no. Um, that's the wrong message. That's, we're, buy, we're, we're buying into a lie, okay? And so let's look at some truth. Matthew chapter two, verses one to three. Now, after Jesus was born, all right, there you go. Prince of peace, born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king. Um, Herod, is, Herod is the king of um, Israel. He was determined that in 37 BC by um, uh, Mark Antony and... Uh-oh, I forgot. Octavian, okay, um, declared King Herod king of the Jews. And uh, he, he spent time in Rome. He rubbed shoulders with um, Roman power. And now as king of Israel, he loved Rome. And he wanted to build up Israel to look like Rome and be, you know, Rome south and um, that's what he was driven by, all right? He was in love with Rome, love with money, <clears throat> love with power, he loved himself. And wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Now, wasn't Herod declared by Octavian and Mark Antony king of the Jews? Yes, he was, and so this is a threat. This is a threat to Herod. Herod was a power-hungry guy and he was not mentally well. He, he was crazy. In fact, because of fear, like having his own sons maybe do a coup and overthrow him so they can get power, he had three of his own sons killed. He had two of his wives killed. I'm not sure if it was about the power or he just wanted them dead. But he killed them. People around him were afraid. All right, he was a crazy guy and he, was, he wanted everything to serve him and to um, be a, you know, a reflection on his glory. For we saw his star, these are the wise men, for we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. He was already troubled, but this was a threat. And all Jerusalem with him. Well, why was all Jerusalem troubled? Because Herod was troubled. And when Herod was troubled, bad things would happen. In fact, Herod knew he was going to die, was really sick, last year of his life. And so he gathered, he had imprisoned the most influential religious leaders of his day in Jerusalem. So that on the day he died, he would have all of them killed so Jerusalem would mourn the day of his death. That's how well a thinker this guy was, all right? But he was an incredible builder. Um, he expanded the Temple Mount. He, uh, he made a beautiful palace and fortress up on top of Masada that you can go to today and still see the frescoes on the walls of the palace that remains. You can, uh, he built an aqueduct from Mount Carmel to Caesarea by the sea, six miles away, that you can go and you can still see what remains of that aqueduct today. He, um, he did incredible things. If you go to the Temple Mount and you're on the um, western wall and that's the wall where they pray, you see, you see that on TV, and, and the bottom of that wall are huge rectangular stones. And if you look closely, all the edges of those stones are beveled. Those stones are called Herodian stones. 
Those are, that, that was the signature of King Herod's building. And when he built the Temple Mount, those were the, the size and the quality of stones that he had um, placed there. And so he was a huge builder. What was he doing? He was all about himself. He was all about his glory. He was all about his power. He went into great debt as a result of it. He, he was in so much debt that he even demanded his soldiers to go and raid the um, uh, tomb of King David because he's like, okay, there's got to be great riches in King David's tomb. And so I want those riches because I need to fund my buildings. And uh, they went into it and found out that it had already been raided. Um, that's uh, Josephus, the Jewish historian, tells us about that. But, but that was, he was um, bound to build an empire for himself. He wanted to accumulate more wealth. He wanted to accumulate more things. And that's what he was doing. And born was this person who threatened him, was the Prince of Peace, who came not to accumulate, but to give. Who came to say, you know, I, I, I'm really not about getting, using you to get more stuff for myself. I'm actually about building a kingdom of people. And I've come to give my life away. I've come to give my power away for a purpose. And so Herod was reflecting and dominating a culture of I want more. And Jesus was introducing a new culture of give yourself away. And it's easy to slip into Herod's. Um, I want more, I need more. Um, people are telling me I can have more. People that make my amount of money live at this level, even though it's beyond their means. But I need to reflect that as well. And because I'm chasing a quality of life that I think this will pay off for me. And actually, as we're gonna find out, chasing that quality of life sucks the quality of your life away from you. And so don't buy into this mentality, um, but let's uh, listen to some wisdom from God. Okay, how do we have peace this Christmas? Proverbs 22, seven. The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is the slave of the lender. And so really simple. How do you have peace this Christmas? If you're not in debt, don't get in it. Okay, don't get into debt this Christmas over Christmas. Um, man, you know, sometimes we get, we have a great Christmas. Oh, wasn't that great? Well, how do you know it was great? Because we just opened all, you know, look at all the torn up wrapping paper. Look at all the boxes. This was a great Christmas. Then January comes and these people that were telling you, hey, you can have what you can't afford, that they send you another letter in January. And the letter in January you get and you look at and you go, oh no, how am I gonna deal with this? I, I, you know, I'm, we're kind of maxed out on our budget. How am I gonna deal with this now? And then you start going, oh yeah, I, I, I depend on Jesus. And so God, I'm gonna fast and pray. Will you deliver me from my bondage? And he's going, hello, you know, who got you into bondage? You, you know, it's, it's just, you're gonna have to do some work now. And, uh, and then all of a sudden you open up the next letter that you get and it says, hey, I'm offering you a new piece of plastic and if you take your five other pieces of plastic and put it all into this one, um, yeah, it has a higher interest rate but you have a lower monthly payment and I'll give you a line of credit of 2,500 bucks. And it's like, oh, 
My prayer's been answered. Thank you, God. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's not an answer to your prayer from God. That's from Satan, okay? Um, that, that, is, that is not the way to get out of debt by taking on more debt, okay? And so we gotta do some things. And first thing, if you're not in it, man, praise God you're not in it. Stay out of it. Um, and if you're in it, then we're gonna talk about, okay, how do you start attacking that? Um, but the first thing is don't get into more of it, all right? And so you can figure out, like, how much can I afford this, this, this Christmas? And I mean, afford, it's like, what can I spend cash on and not get into debt? And maybe you need to get creative with doing some things. I'm gonna, I'm gonna spend less money, but I'm going to um, give relational gifts hey, I'm, I'm giving you this Starbucks credit card. It's not as much as we usually do, but, um, but it's enough for once a month or the next four months for you and I to go have coffee. Once a month. And, and we can spend some time together. We always, you know, we want to spend more time together. We don't do it. I'm giving you the gift of let's spend some time. I mean, there's some things that we can do to do meaningful gifts and yet um, not break our bank. Um, Malachi 3.8 gives some principles um, regarding how we spend our money. It says, will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have I robbed you? In your tithes and contributions. Proverbs 13.11. Um, so that's a principle. God's saying, hey, one of the things that, that I am is generous. You know it. I've been generous to you. I expect you as a follower of mine to be generous to others and generous back to me, which is just saying, um, I recognize you're in control of all things. You are the source of all good things. And so I do that with a thing called a tithe. But then he also says in Proverbs 13, 11, wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. And so he's got the idea of um, savings. And so he talks about in Proverbs, the ant, look at the ant, you know, he's gathering things um, in the summer so that he has food in the winter. And that's the principle of savings. And so he's saying, hey, there's two things that we need to be doing when we're thinking about um, how we're going to use our, in, use our resources is we need to be generous like God and we need to save and prepare for the future. And then we spend. And so that right there is the exact opposite of how we approach our money and our resources. We save we, we, we say, how much do I want to spend? What, what's the quality of life or, or, the, uh, or the lifestyle that I want to live on this amount of money that I have? And then we do that, and then we say, hey, do I have any to save or spend out of that? Because at the, end of, the you know, end of the month, I would like to be really lavishly generous. And, but we look, it's, oh, nothing left. Oh, but God, you know my heart. I want to be generous. And we do it exactly opposite, he says. He says, Work on generosity, on savings, and then what you can afford to spend and enjoy it. And we say, okay, I'm going to work on what I can afford to spend. Oh, does any trickle down? Ah, oh, bummer. Um, you, you know, God, give me more so I can be generous. And so he's saying we're approaching it wrong. And uh, that's part of the billions of dollars that's spent on t teaching us how to approach it wrong. But... Um, we're just never gonna be free with that mindset. We're never gonna be free to be able to respond and move the way God wants us to move. 
and want and opportunities we had to step in. You know, Ecuador, last well, means a, a week of work. There's no way I could do that. Well, if we if we had our lifestyle below our income, we could do that. And um, in the principles that God is giving us, saying this is a mentality that you want to go after, is you want to be able to be generous, you want to be able to save, and then you want to be able to enjoy the life God affords you to enjoy. Okay, nothing wrong with that, but you do you, you pay attention to the first two first. And then over time, you can get more generous. How does that happen? Well, if this is my income, and this is my standard of living, and then all of a sudden, I get a raise, or I get a new a, a promotion. All of a sudden, my income goes here, and my standard of living goes here. And all of a sudden, I'm able to enjoy more, spend more, but not, the, not at the pace I'm increasing my income. And what does that allow you to do? It allows you over time to be more and more generous. It allows you over time to save more and more for the future. Okay, so we have this thing called self-control we have to exhibit or we have to, we have to display in our own lives. And so we have to say, okay, I'm gonna ratchet down my greed a little bit. And when I have margin in my finances, I'm gonna have things like peace and joy and I'll have growing contentment and yeah, there's lots of things that I want that I don't have, and that will always be the case, but um, I'm not anxious over them. I'm not being held prison by, a prisoner by them. And over time, um, you can do a lot more things that will give you more joy, but if we do, my income grows, my standard of living grows, uh, your anxiety grows. Because like, okay, I, I gotta keep on working in order to pay these things off, and I gotta work harder and I gotta get more deals and so I gotta go after it harder. So I come home and I'm exhausted and I, I've, I've used all my word, words trying to sell stuff during the day and so now I come home, I have no words for my family, I have no energy for my family, I'm just going to bed. And, but why am I doing this? Because I wanna give my family this kind of quality of life. Well, you just sacrifice the quality of life. And so you're going after a standard of living that you're sacrificing because you have this mixed thing in your, eye, in, in your head, lies you're believing about this is the good life. If I love my family and I'm providing, this is the life I'm going to provide for them. And what you're doing is you just sacrificed your quality of life in chasing after a lie. And so we, we gotta recondition our brains to think in light of biblical principles that God's given us. Now, you're thinking, okay, hey, I'm 30 years old and I'm already in debt and um, I just, there's things that I want, things that I wanna do and freedom, I, I, wanna, be, I wanna be generous, I wanna be, you know, and, and yet I'm buried. Okay, here's the good news, you're 30. You're probably gonna live to 40, okay? Good chance. If you start doing some of these principles in your life now, by the time you're 40, you're not gonna be able to believe the place that you're at financially, in the sense of the peace that you have as a result of having discipline in your life financially. Um, you know, I, I'm not brilliant when it comes to, fine, I'm not brilliant about anything, but when it comes to finances, I'm not brilliant. But, uh, but I've done simple things. I haven't gotten myself in dumb debt, and I've saved money, and I've lived below the level I could live. Um, and I've done that since I was a part-time youth pastor. 
and um, I tithed. I had money to, to give away, and I tried to save so that when something happened, it wouldn't wreck me, and I wouldn't have to go into debt, but I had, I'd have some money in order to pay off the unexpected. Over time, I, got, I became full-time, and all of a sudden, my income went up, but my standard of living went up, but not as much as my income. And I was able to give more and save more. And I've been, over time, I, I've you know, taken a tithe and I give a lot more than a tithe um, to commitments to, to, um, to Rolling Hills and to other ministries I support every month. But on top of that now, I, I save money every month to just respond to emergencies. Last month, we had friends that um, their car got stolen. Uh, that they have, they have twins. And uh, their car got stolen. They found it two days later. It was totally stripped. Um, it was a family you know, SUV. And it ran great. And in this market, it would be worth a lot of money. But uh, the insurance company gives you Blue Book. And that's way below what it was worth. And they couldn't afford something that would be as nice as that. In addition to that, they had their deductible. And then the car seats were, were gone. And they were like, I don't know what we're going to do. And we were able to respond, and we got them car seats. And it didn't impact my monthly budget because we had been budget, putting stuff away to look at, hey, is there opportunities that we can step into that are just the one-offs? And, but that happened because... As income increases, my lifestyle then increase the speed of my income. Do you understand what I'm saying? That making sense? That's hard, isn't it? Because your income increases and all of a sudden, all these things that you want all of a sudden come to mind. Hey, this is doable. I can make this happen. And, and do some of those. Enjoy. You know, God says, I give you resources to enjoy, but... As a follower of mine, you're to be generous and you're to save for tomorrow. And so make sure you're doing that and then enjoy, enjoy the rest. But those things first and then the other, okay? Um, let's see, Proverbs 23, 4. 23, 4. Do not wear yourself out to get rich. Have the wisdom to show restraint. Um, that's, that's the NIV version, the ESV version that's up here says, do not toil to acquire wealth. Be discerning enough to desist. I didn't know what desist meant, so I went with the NIV, where it says show restraint. Okay, I got that. Um, it's, it's just saying we have to, we have to discipline ourselves. We've got to discipline ourselves. That's something we don't like. I like discipline myself for five minutes, then I want what I want. And it's, he's it's like, no. No, discipline, live within your means. And if you don't, there's dissatisfaction and fatigue. We've, uh, it says do not... Toil to acquire wealth. Um, don't wear yourself out. And so that means to create margin, we got to do some really practical things. Okay, this is, this is, old, this is old information for a lot of you. You know this. Um, you, might even, you, know, you might even be in the financial world. You're teaching this, but uh, you might still not do it. I, mean, I, I read a lot of stuff this week on the debt load of Americans, the average American, and in, in, in the credit card debt and the home equity loans and, and all these debts that we acquire 
And um, you know how they go away? They go away by making decisions to not spend so that you can afford to pay off your debts. And so that's a hard thing to do because we want instant, you know, just give, um, debts don't get paid off instantly. Your school loans aren't gonna magically disappear. Well, maybe they will. Um, but that's the only ones, okay? Um, that, that is not the normal plan and you can't wait for that to happen. We need to create a debt attack plan, okay? Create a debt attack plan. If you're in debt, Proverbs 27, 23 says this, know well the condition of your flocks and give attention to your herds. Bill, what does this have to do with my, my resources? Well, if you're a rancher, your assets are your flocks and your herds, okay? And so he's saying, know the condition of your assets. Where are they at? How are they doing? And so that's meaning I need to, I need to keep records. It's like, ah, oh, I knew this was gonna be miserable. I don't like keeping records. Um, <clears throat> you know, I really don't either. I do sometimes, like, you know, like the budget can be a game. Hey, can we make it? Um, but uh, that can be a game, so you can, you know, there's a chance to win, that's good. But also, how many times have you said, or heard others say, I've heard this thousands of times, um, you know, I make a decent living, I just don't know where the money went. And uh, that's not where you wanna be. God says, know where your assets are going. Uh, make a plan on, how, on where you want your assets to go. Or they'll go and you'll just be going, where'd they go? And so we need <laughs> to make a plan. So keep some records. There's all kinds of uh, you know, uh, apps for your phone now to do this. Um, you can do it with pencil and paper. Uh, I did it for years on just these old things um, called bank ledgers, you know, checkbook ledgers, remember those? Um, but I would write down anything that I spent money on. And I wouldn't do this every month, but I do it every once in a while just for a check. And, and um, most of us, if you're making a decent living, you're thinking, uh, well, I think we're making it. I think we're okay. Do you have a budget? No, I really don't. Well, there's gonna be a day when you wanna have a budget. And right now, you actually can be doing better if you had a budget. <clears throat> but first off, you need to know what's your current reality. Where's your money going to? Well, I know it goes to uh, my mortgage and then miscellaneous. Well, that's not a budget, okay? You, you gotta know, okay, this, you know, Two grand a month goes to my mortgage, and then this much goes to utilities, this much goes to giving, this much goes to medical, this much goes um, to uh, eating out, groceries, entertainment, clothes. Um, I save a little bit each month for Christmas, uh, so when it comes around, I'm not going into debt, but I have a good base in which to operate from. I mean, where's your money going? Keep track and find out the condition of your flock. Where is your money going? And you're saying, I, I don't have time to do that, town. You know, just leave me alone. You're heaping guilt on me, and I don't have time. Well, I'll tell you where you'll have time to do that. At night, when you're not sleeping, and you're wondering how you're going to pay your bills. Um, find out the condition of your flock. I mean, may, find out where your money is going and um, how you're spending it. Because then, once you know that, you can know 
okay, I think I can spend less each month on this, and I can spend a little bit less on this, and I'm going to actually, um, going to have cash uh, in my wallet to where I know when I'm done spending that cash for the month, I'm done with those things, and I'm not going to spend anymore because then that's spending money I don't have. And so this, um, by the way, Dave Ramsey has all kinds of great stuff on this. Um, you can go online and, and get some um, budgeting tools from him, or how, how do you start actually attacking your debt? Um, and he has some great, a great help on that. Um, Proverbs 21.5, the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. And so know where your assets are going. And then secondly, plan where you want those assets to go. Make a spending plan, all right? Make a spending plan. And so this is how you break the habit of debt. I mean, debt is when uh, each month there are more days than money. Each month, um, I, I require my credit card for some help in order to um, do the things I want to do. If that's you, then you are spending more than you should. All right? We need to know where our money is. We need to know how much we have. We need to know, make a plan to spend it, and we need to cut our spending in order to actually spend less than we make. All right, so let's say you do this, and you do the hard work. By the way, there's all kinds of help. Um, if you're just like, I am lost, I'm terrible at this, um, there is help. You know, the Dave Ramsey's great help. There's other organizations that for free will help you with a, with a, a debt reduction plan. Um, there are people probably sitting in your community group or your Bible study that could help you with this. And if you don't have anybody that can help you with this, um, let us know and we can try to connect you with some people who are good at this, okay? But if, if you're just going, I'm lost, um, you know, I, I, it, this, whole, this whole message has been la, 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 la to me, um, then get somebody who knows this stuff and who can help you, all right? Um, so here's what you do. You know how much money you have. You have a plan to spend a little less than you make. Let's say you're spending $100 a month less than you make, all right? So then you look at, okay, how many debts do I have? Well, I got five credit card debts. Um, what's the smallest one? It's 500 bucks, $38 a month minimum payment, okay. In your plan is you're gonna pay the minimum payment on all those credit cards, okay, in your monthly payment. But that one that's the smallest, I'm gonna take that 38 bucks, that's the minimum payment, and I'm gonna add that 100 to it. So every month I'm gonna add, a, I'm gonna pay 138 bucks to that $500 debt. In five, you know, less than five months probably, it's, it's gone. So then I take that $138 and I put it to my next smallest debt. Well, that's a $75 minimum a month payment that I'm already paying. So I'm taking that $138 and I'm adding it to the 75, which is 208 maybe. I don't know, around there, okay? And so that means every month I'm paying that much towards that debt. And you're gonna start checking them off. And you're gonna, 
I mean, when you get rid of that $500 debt, throw a party, invite all your friends over, have a top ramen dinner, okay? Because you don't want to go in debt to celebrate your, your, the fact that you knocked off a debt. But I mean, that's a cool feeling. That's a great feeling to, to get one debt. You know, in, maybe in five years from now, you may have $500 more a month in your budget because it's $500 that isn't going towards debt. And also you didn't get a raise, but now you can lever those, leverage those resources towards maybe moving in directions God wants you to move and now you have the ability to do it. And so go after it. That's called, that's called um, the snowball effect. That's what Dave Ramsey recommends. I mean, Paul Osborne taught me a lot of principles and, on spending and he, he likes that because it's encouraging to you and you get wins faster. Um, the other way is the avalanche and, and that is you go after the highest, or the highest interest rate first. And then you knock that one off because in the long term that saves you more money. It could be, um, and so it's a smart thing to do, but, uh, but I like the things that it gives you wins quicker. You know? And so I go after the, the, the smaller one. Um, okay, Deuteronomy 28. This is talk, God's talking to the children of Israel who are waiting to go into the promised land. And God's saying, okay, I'm giving you a lot of wisdom. I'm giving you principles for living that are honoring to me. If you align yourself to those, um, I, I'm excited to bless you. If you say, nah, that's not for me, and, and you do your own thing, you're going to walk into pain. And so Deuteronomy 28 is actually the first like 15 verses are, I want to bless you. And the next 40 verses are, go your own way, there's going to be pain. And so uh, verse one says, and if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, be careful to do his commandments that I command you today. The Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Verse 12, the Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give you the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hands. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. I love that. You're not going to be the tail being wagged by the dog. I mean, and then you're, if you're in debt, you're the tail. And you know it. You know how that feels. It's not a good feeling. And you shall only go up and not down. And if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, being careful to do them. This is called the general truth. He's saying, hey, in life, I built you for this, to live this way. And in life, generally, there's going to be blessing that follows. Not all the time. There's, there's, there's disasters that happen. There's hard things. Life is painful. But generally, these things will put you in a good place to flourish. And I am your creator. So here, here, here's a verse for you to... Uh, if you're going to make a debt attack plan, here's a verse for you. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season, we will reap if we did not give up. Man, it is a great thing to be debt free. It's a great feeling. It puts you ahead of 99% of the Americans. It, it, uh, it allows you to leverage the resources God gives you in your life to be able to make decisions that you feel led to make.
Go after it and don't give up. And then why do we do it? Because ultimately, the most generous person of all is Jesus Christ, who's God in the flesh. And he's done something for us that we could never pay off on our own. Jesus said, ultimately, I paid your debt and your debt was so huge, there's nothing you could have ever done to pay it off. And, and ours is a moral debt. God is a loving God, but he's a righteous God, and he's a just God. And what separates us from God is that we're none of those things. I, I'm selfish. I want to follow my own path. Well, that separates me from God. That puts me at God's debt. And listen to this, Colossians 2.14, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. In other words, I stand legally guilty before God. What right do I have in who I am to say I deserve to stand before you as innocent? I don't. And God says, you're legally guilty. You can never pay that debt, but I will pay it for you. There will be sacrifice, but it's not gonna come at the cost of you, it's gonna come at the cost of me. I will give myself to die on the cross for your sins to make a perfect sacrifice that wipes out your legal debt to me. And he says this, he set aside, nailing it to the cross. You know, ultimately, we, we have this motivation to follow God, not because I want to be a better person, not because I want him to like me more, but because he's already demonstrated his love for me. He knows me even in my worst day. He pursued me with his love. And out of that place, I want to I follow him. Not because he wants to keep me under his thumb, but because he wants, me to, give, he wants to give me freedom. He says, I came that, I might, that you might have life and have it abundantly. That's the freedom, that's the full life I have for you. And I'm giving you some, some, some guidelines, some principles in life that will help you experience that. And so as we wrap it up, um, in your own life, maybe this is just a good reminder. Okay, I need to, I need to stay disciplined, not gonna get into debt. Maybe this is a good um, motivator that I, I need to start stepping into it. I need to have a debt reduction plan. And uh, I need to find out the condition of my flock and make a plan and uh, start going after it. And if that's where you're at, then what's that next step look like? We've given you a bunch of steps today and what does that look like for you? And for those of you who are here today and ultimately you're thinking, you know, I, I've been connecting to a bigger idea and that is God loves me and this Christmas season, I want to experience the, 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 the Christ of Christmas as the King of Peace in a new way, and the first thing I need to get right with him is just my heart and my life. And, uh, and take advantage of the debt reduction for my soul that he's offering me. And if that's where you're at, then I encourage you just to take some time and talk to God and just bow our heads, close our eyes, and let's pray. And if, uh, if you recognize that you are in need of God, ultimately, um, he is your creator. He is the one who, um, who made you, who knows you. Uh, he knows you absolutely, totally, completely, and he loves you perfectly. 
and he's made a way for you to be forgiven. And so you can pray to him and say, God, I thank you for loving me. I do ask you to forgive me. I have uh, led most of my life with not considering you very much. I've been living for me and not you. And so I ask for forgiveness. I ask that you forgive um, my legal condemnation before the God of the universe. That you forgive me because of what your son has done. And that you would make me um, a part of your family as your son or your daughter. That you look on me as forgiven and white and clean and beautiful. I thank you for that, Father. And it is in your son's name, Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.